Here, here's a real powerful example of how to start to cultivate the warrior in a wholesome way. Ask ourselves, what have we been tolerating that we no longer wish to tolerate in our personal lives, in habits, in relationships? Are there people sucking your life force, vampirically asking you 10 things and but not willing to offer back? And so you're just like dishing out your energy and you're tolerating it. What are we tolerating with our governments? What are we tolerating with our leadership, our governance? What are we, what are we tolerating that we're going, no, we, can't, we shouldn't be tolerating that anymore. You see, those part of the spiritual journey is to learn to tolerate, to become more inclusive. That's the sage side. Oh, look at those people. Let me find out. Let me get curious, as you said. Let me know more about them. Let me come out of my small world and, and see what's there. Oh, wow, there's so much beauty in that culture, in those peoples, in those ways. Let me be more embracing. Let me be more tolerant. So there's a sacred divine side of tolerance. But then there's a part where you go too far and you let tolerance also affect the shit that shouldn't be happening to you and to us in life. With no limitations, what does your perfect day look like? What if it's possible to live like that every day? Would you wake up after 9am, have perfect health, maybe fire your boss, have the money and freedom to do what you love most? The world is your oyster. Where would you be? Who would you be with? The possibilities are endless. Whether you believe it's possible for you or not, you can make more, work less and live free. Welcome to Freedom Hack Radio, where entrepreneur, best-selling author, world traveler and adventurer, Bryce Robertson and special guests crack the code on money, health, relationships, spirituality and having fun doing what you love most. Be inspired to create your own self-designed freedom lifestyle. Welcome back to another episode of Freedom Hack Radio. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson, and today we have a very special guest, Satyan Raja. Satyan is the founder of and CEO of the Transformational Academy, Warrior Sage. Satyan has impacted over 100,000 students from over 50 countries around the world. After 35 years of rigorous study and practice in both creating enlightened business growth and developing higher consciousness, Satyan works privately with CEOs, high-impact individuals, executive teams who have mastered accomplishment in the financial and public world, but now want to deepen a deeper balance and illumination and self-realized equilibrium that he calls peak existence. Satyan synthesizes Eastern wisdom and Western practicality and combines the power of the warrior and wisdom of the sage to guide leaders worldwide to their highest self-knowledge, self-expression and impact. Satyan's elite clientele know they are ready for the next level integrated fullness and a life vibrant with purpose, passionate intimacy, connection, significance, and transcendence. If you are ready, Satyan's fearless and heartfelt style will transform your untapped potentialities into strengths and full spectrum of your life into peak existence. Satyan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Bryce, for having me. I really appreciate your passion, your invitation, and everyone listening, great to be here. Thank you. 
Excellent. Excellent. Well, mate, you know, I remember the first time we met, it was in Squirmish, British Columbia, British Columbia, Canada, and we were in quite the predicament. And um, you and your boys taught me a lot that day, man. And, you know, you taught me how to discern the difference between the choice of fight and flight. And that day also gave me an opportunity to, to see the strength of my wife. And it was also pretty interesting to uh, to get choked out and and to bump up my fighting game too. So, and then the <laughs> second the second time we met, mate, um, you we were additionally blessed with your beautiful wife, uh, Suzanne, and um, in Palm Springs, California. And you taught right. my wife and I about the feminine and the masculine polarities and how to ignite passion in our life. And I've got to say, mate, like every time I meet with you, you're positively changing our lives. And I truly thank you for this, brother. Uh, It's my joy and pleasure and honor. Thank you. And your wife is an amazing being. We remember her deeply, Suzanne and I. The passion that you have between you and the connection. So it's a joy to be of service and to see couples, you know, grow together. So makes my day right on beautiful beautiful well Sadian, mate i've got to go here first i'm dying yes. to know what's giving you the most gratitude today brother holy jumping you know i got a body i got health i've got life the world right now is going through all types of twists and turns and and darkness and light and confusion and such i so grateful that i'm in a position where I can be of service to unity rather than to discord and strife. And so that's where I feel very humbled by all my life experiences brought me, I feel to the place now where all this craziness is happening. My aim, my job, my role is to serve unity amongst us so that we can all grow and arise together. And I'm, I'm at a soul level. So grateful for that. That's beautiful, man. And that's so important right now, obviously with everything that's going on. So you're the founder of Warrior Sage, and uh, so Sage is a profoundly wise man, and Warrior, depending on which angle we look at it from, it's it's a, a brave mind and illuminated heart. So we're talking about a profoundly wise man with a brave mind and illuminated heart. That's some pretty big shit to live up to every day, mate. Um, <laughs> what What motivates you, bro? Well, I believe that all of us, we have a warrior essence within us, all, all of us, men, women, children, adults, seniors. And for me, the warrior is the one who is willing to look honestly, vulnerably, first of all, at ourselves. Where are we congruent? Where are we not congruent? What are we tolerating in life that we shouldn't be? What should we be tolerating even more? So for me, the warrior is one who lives by the principle of truth. Let's have truth in our life. And let's make it so that we're living examples of what we believe in. So for me, the warrior represents integrity, clarity, courage. Now, we need to have integrity, clarity, courage, and that ability to break through obstacles. But if we're only heavy with the warrior, we don't have wisdom, that warrior can become corrupt. That warrior can fight wars, not for the higher good, but for ego. And so the sage, I believe, is also another aspect of our being. And The sage is that part within us that is connected to spirit, connected to the infinite, connected to God, connected to the earth. And I believe the sage is the seat of our wisdom. And especially in these days and times, there's so much wealth in the world, billionaires and this and this. 
right? There's a lot of resources. We've got infinite resources to make this world a very powerful place. What we don't have enough of is wisdom in the right places. So I feel wisdom is the seat of the sage within us that is being called upon us all right now to deepen in. Not my wisdom, not your, what is our, what is your wisdom? What do you already know? What's the truth that you already know that we could be living from? When you combine the power of the warrior and the wisdom of the sage, then we have an unstoppable, very fulfilling spiritual as well as pragmatic life. So talking about like the, this truth and wisdom, um, I, I'm hearing that if we quieten all the noise that's going on around us, we can actually tap into it. Um, we have the ability to do that. How, how do we tap into this? That's a great question. And you, you, you just shared it. Number one, you got to turn the noise down. One of my martial art mentors for many years before we would start the class, no matter what would be going on in the world, business, life, family, children, you name it, all the stuff of life. Before I walked into the class, he would always say, leave that at the door, turn the noise right down. This time is for you to strengthen who you are, to develop yourself. So when you go out in the world, you're not listening to the noise. You're listening to the whisper of knowing, of intuition. So for me, the sage element within us is very strong. We all have it. And meditation is a way to access it. The most important meditation is to be with nature. Nature right now is singing her glories more than ever. Mm -hmm. The birds, the animals, the life force, the chi, the prana of this planet is off the hook more now than it ever has been because we've relieved it for a few weeks at least of smog and we've reduced great amount. So wisdom has all is already here. We just have to be willing to listen and see the birds aren't just chirping because they're in the air. They're teaching us. The air is not just cleaning up and becoming fresh. It's teaching us. We're learning through nonverbal ways what Mother Nature wants us to learn. And if all we need to do is slow down, come out of the matrix of our everyday runnings every day, and start to appreciate what is Mother Nature sharing with me right now that is nonverbal? What's going on in my body, my being, in terms of do I feel in flow? Do I feel stuck and stagnant? Do I feel compressed and contracted? And if that's the case, there's deep wisdoms and learnings and awareness is there. So the key is deepening awareness of self, not the outside world. When you do that, tremendous, profound, clear answers will start to arise, especially right now during this time of great changes and great evolutionary capacity. We have the ability to ride the wave of wisdom to inform us exactly what to do. We must trust the silence, the nonverbal, more than we trust all the verbal bullshit that's coming out, bombarding us day by day right now, to take us out of our wisdom, to put us into other people's belief systems, to faction us, to break us apart from one another. No, spirit comes together, and that's what we must listen to. And how are you sifting through that? I mean, we're kind of, we're getting exposed to a lot of, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of media, social media, TV, radio. How are you cutting through the hype and, and getting the message that you want to get out of everything here? I believe one of the things to cultivate is discernment 
proper sense making, to allow yourself not to get drawn into the next emotional whirlpool that is continuously trying to suck your attention. See, as warrior sages, I believe we have the greatest power we have is the units of our free attention. Right now, my presence is with you. Right now, your presence is with me. This is the most powerful thing we have when we're with our wives, our partners, when we give them undivided, nurturing presence, wholeness. It's the most exciting, beautiful, soul-nourishing thing we can offer. The thing is, is there's so many factions online, so many parties, so many different belief systems, and they're trying to Velcro us. They're trying to hook us in into their belief systems. Whether they're right or wrong is not the point. The point is it will make your mind nuts. You can hear one thing that sounds oppositional to another thing, sounds oppositional to another. Proper sense-making means to take a step back, to learn about what are my cognitive biases. How am I biased? Being an Indian man growing up in the West, I have biases. How could, what could they be? What could they be? I don't know, but I need to ask myself. And then I need to remove myself from the inherent, if you will, automaticities of my biases. That takes awareness. That takes humility. You know, my, one of my mentors used to say all the time, Satyan, it's better to be humble all the time than to be humiliated all at once. <laughs> so for me, with humbleness, I take a healthy detachment. Well, where does COVID come from? Where does Black Right, what this and this and this? Everyone's pumping their beliefs. Some, and they're trying to get us to jump into their antagonistic bandwagon. Mm -hmm. The sage within us doesn't jump on the bandwagon. The sage allows for healthy lowering of importance of what the world thinks you should make important. You remove your attention from all the things that are eliciting your emotional evocation. And then you say, no, I'm going to listen. I'm going to read, but I'm going to remain more and more neutral. Ooh, that's getting, that's eliciting my emotions. Let me receive it. Oh, there's someone who seems very vitriolic against my point of view. I'm going to remove myself from that. And here's the master key that I've realized is no matter, even if a faction or a voice seems extremely oppositional to yours, what if we assumed that they have a positive intent? Mm -hmm. What is their positive intent? Even though the surface sounds like this, mm -hmm. what are they trying to get across? So let me give you an example. Right now, Black Lives Matter. It's a big thing. I went out to the protest here with my family. Mm -hmm. I, my Jamaican side of my family, my wife is Jamaican. My whole, that side is, you know, black. And, mm. and so it's very close to my being. And my children are mixed. They've got mm -hmm. so many, you know, if you will, ethnic origins within them, all inside themselves. And so someone says black lives matter. And then someone I see online saying, no, why are you saying that? All lives matter. Well, what if you just shut up for a sec and went, what is the positive intention of someone saying or people feeling black lives matter? If you can move beyond the surface, what's the soul wanting to be appreciated, seen, and yearned for? What's the positive intention in saying that? Vice versa, conversely, for someone who's saying, hey, I get the idea that black lives matter, but does that mean that 
our white lives don't matter? Don't all lives matter? Although it might sound from a, you know, there's the argument that, listen, the house is on fire right now. Right now, that house is on fire as lives matter. The other houses are pretty much safe. Let's focus on that. That's the, that's the, the argument for that, right? Mm-hmm. But why would someone have that saying that all lives matter? What's their positive intent? They must be coming from some place that is wanting to bring unity. Same as the Black Lives Matter. At a deeper level of being, I believe that if we find the why behind each other's positive intent, we'll find a commonality. And the wise ones are the ones feeling for all the muck, moving beyond the bush. They're chopping down all the againstness, and they see in the hearts, ah, that's their positive intent. Mm-hmm. And when we can connect and listen to their positive intent over the layers of vitriol or charge, then not only will we become wiser, deeper, we'll be able to rise above it all and then help the cause of unity rather than add fire to disunity. So I'm hearing you say, come from a place more of curiosity as well, instead of like, here's my firm standpoint. Anything that agrees with it is good and anything that isn't is is not, you know? That's, that's exactly. Great. I cannot understand this phenomenon of anyone who has a disagreement with you. You ask them out of your page. How will they ever listen? Mm-hmm. Maybe not this month. Maybe they're very against it, but maybe next month, the next month after, maybe three months from now, you'll say something so perfectly right that melts their heart and makes them go, ah, my viewpoint was entrenched for so many years. But that one sentence in that one moment in that right time. But if we X off everyone who has disagreements, then we're adding to the flame of division. Right now, the warriors and the sages are being called upon for the planet to raise together. We need to all be on Team Gaia, Team Mother Earth. That's the team we all need to be on. Mm -hmm. And how do you hold yourself accountable to be that? How do you hold yourself accountable to be a warrior sage every day? You know, I have a question that I ask myself. It's a dial-in question. If you will, it's a, a, a pencil sharpener razoring question that I ask myself, an inquiry. And I say, what must I do today to love, live, and die completely without regret? What must I do today to love, live, die completely without a regret? That's a high benchmark. But I like to ask myself that so I put my, I don't become lackadaisical in my daily approach. By asking myself, what must I do today to love deeply without regret? Well, I know I, 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 you know, there was stuff with my wife I had to deal with this morning and we did with it. And it was beautiful. The stuff that I know I have to connect with my daughter today so that I really establish, you know, love again. So I'm going to do that today. What must I do? What else must I do to live and die completely? Well, to die completely, I want to know that I've given everything I can, not in a neurotic martyrdom way, but in a way of wholeness that I've done my best for today. Now, I just happen to be in um, quite a few different projects having to do with uh, bringing Mother Earth, Gaia, back into wholeness from many different angles. That's what I got to do. What you have to do, what we all have to do is unique. We can't measure, oh, this man, this huge person is doing big, big things. Who am I? No. Every single one of us, 
we have our unique powerful contribution which adds to the network the incredible network of collective awakening so what my invitation here is challenge is find what must you i do today and hold ourselves accountable for that contribution we, everything else can wait and so you're doing this in the morning and then like you check back in with yourself at the end of the day yeah yeah absolutely okay i do the most important things first i get it out of the way i make sure that my soul is fulfilled first well, i get it so i can rest Let's talk on that because I'm, I'm a big fan of daily rituals and, and knocking out a whole bunch of things in the morning. What, do you want to share with us some of your daily rituals that just make the big difference for you? Well, just like you said, brother, same alignment. So in the morning, I ask that question. I wake up and do my rituals. I exercise. I'll do yoga at times. Um, martial arts is part of my particular routine. So when appropriate, I'll do it in the morning. When not, I'll do it later with my uh, brotherhood. And then what I do is I like to read. I like to find something that I'm reading right now that is nourishing my mind, that's bringing me into my core. And then what I do is after that, I'll do what I call accelerated evolution processes. There's a set of psycho-spiritual methods I use to dial me in rapidly, take me to my depth, take me to peak be, well, I, this peak performance, but then for me, what's next is peak existence. When you're in flow with life, you're not just pushing, you're not just crushing it, you're not just using excess willpower, you're allowing life to flow to you. So that's my basic routine. And um, once in a while, when I have the opportunity and my wife is feeling that energy, then we'll have our romantic time as well in the morning to set the stage for our, our day. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's awesome. And like how much time are you carving out on a, on a general day for your morning ritual? It's usually about 90 minutes. Yeah. 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 And have you experienced a day when you haven't done your daily ritual in the morning? And like, what is that? Oh like? yeah. There's, there'll be times where I'm being called to do some late night work or I'm on a seminar or I'm, or I'm traveling or whatever. You see, the other thing I give myself um, that I learned long time ago that I saw that many high-powered leaders, entrepreneurs were not giving themselves is rest. So wherever time I go to bed, I don't care if it's four in the morning, two in the morning, 10 p.m., whatever, I make sure I get eight hours sleep. Okay. I make sure, even if I only sleep for six and a half or seven, I make sure I nourish this body-mind vessel fully. I'm totally rested. Before I wouldn't, I would always think I've got so much to do. And I do. We all have so much to do. Mm -hmm. Yet, by giving myself that self-care to love on myself, to nourish myself, to stretch, to exercise, to have deep sleep and let myself get cuddly with myself. It's, it sounds soft, but that softness and replenishment I give myself, when I'm on, boom, then I'm on. I'm not fighting against rest. Mm -hmm. I'm on because I'm replenished. And I think that's one of the number one sagely gifts we can give ourselves is deep replenishment. So we can do the good work that needs focus from focus, not from tiredness or, or overwhelm or exhaustion. Without getting burnt out. Yeah. So <clears throat> 
talk to me on why we need to harness the power of being a warrior. Much of our warrior energy has been atrophied for good reason. Everyday people, we don't need to go out and fight. Our ancestors, forefathers, our veterans have fought wars for us, have lived and died for us, have secured us. So we don't have to face daily war. At least we don't here in Canada. At least I don't. Obviously, we have our soldiers on the front line, which I highly honor and value and respect. And But every our everyday life here in British Columbia is pretty chill. And so that warrior aspect is atrophied because it hasn't been utilized. But if you atrophy too long and it gets weak, sometimes what also weakens is resolve, courage, the ability to face adversity and stay present. The ability to deal with fear can also collapse and contract. Life will have its challenges. So why I believe that we need to cultivate the warrior, the enlightened warrior, the spiritual warrior, the heart warrior, not the warrior who's just here to bang down, the warrior that's here to lift up, to build, to, to bridge. Why do we need to do that as well? Is so that we come into more wholeness, more wholeness. When we can train, and I advocate everyone learn Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, learn some, take some foundational martial art so that they can feel their body. Their, you, your mammalian body has to feel that it can handle itself under duress. In a relationship, if your partner feels that your mammalian self can step in there and you really can, there's a resting that goes on. There's a mammalian level resting and trust in life. But if the mammal body we have doesn't feel it can defend itself from adversity, then it walks around in subtle fear. No matter how much work you do on a mental level, no matter how much affirmations, belief system change, unless the mammalian body feels the same, you'll always default into fear. That's why it's very valuable to cultivate. You don't always have to, you don't have to be a martial art nut. You don't have to be a crazy, I'm a warrior. It just has to be, do some foundational work so your body feels strong enough, so you're emanating a type of centeredness and dropped inness with your body that can be respected, felt, and that emanates into the world natural, calm, spiritual power, silent power. And you're going to feel that in your mind too, and it's going to translate into a lot of other areas of your life as well. Um, and there's obviously a responsibility that comes with that. And so, um, and, and I've noticed today, it seems like there's a lot of snowflakes in the world. There's a lot of people that are relying on other outside sources to take responsibilities for their lives. And, um, and I've got to say, like, I've seen you and your boys in action and you guys are like seriously dangerous weapons and um, from a martial arts perspective. And I know that there's a, a massive, massive responsibility that comes with that. So how do we take on this responsibility and how do we control this responsibility? That's a, that's, a, that's a really great question. That, the, the warrior within us, there's also the old imprints of the warriors there for war and destruction and harm. And that's the old model, the role model. I believe that any act of courage, any act of facing our smallness, any act of facing 
Here, here's a real powerful example of how to start to cultivate the warrior in a wholesome way. Ask ourselves, what have we been tolerating that we no longer wish to tolerate? In our personal lives, in habits, in relationships, are there people sucking your life force, vampirically asking you 10 things and but not willing to offer back and so you're just like dishing out your energy and you're tolerating it? What are we tolerating with our governments? What are we tolerating with our leadership, our governance? What are we what are we tolerating that we're going no, we can't we shouldn't be tolerating that anymore. You see those part of the spiritual journey is to learn to tolerate, to become more inclusive. That's the sage side. Oh, look at those people. Let me find out. Let me get curious as you said. Let me know more about them. Let me come out of my small world and and see what's there oh wow there's so much beauty in that culture in those peoples in those ways let me be more embracing let me be more tolerant so there's a sacred divine side of tolerance but then there's a part where you go too far and you let tolerance also affect the shit that shouldn't be happening to you and to us in life we shouldn't be tolerating um um Governments that abuse and, 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 and bully people. We shouldn't be tolerating inequity and unfairness and racism. We shouldn't be tolerating um, disheveling others and greed and sucking resources from everyday people and only giving it to the 1%. We should not be tolerating that. So warriorship is getting to the point where you're moving from apathy and you're going, God, I've been tolerating, I've been tolerating. I've been, no, I'm no longer going to be tolerating. Now, the challenge is, is to keep it in centeredness. If you go into, okay, I'm no longer tolerating it anymore, then you get into your bandwagon, your fanfare, your, your vitriol, and then bring, then you're swung to the opposite side, and that, that fire will be extinguished, will be knocked down, and then you'll go back into the other. Wisdom is to bring this non-tolerance of the injustices around us through the heart, into concerted, centered actions that are good for the whole, that are not smashing down, but are finding ways to uplift and unify. That's how we take our anger and we make it sacred anger. We make it an anger, an intolerance that serves love rather than serves hate. Powerful. Yeah, really powerful. So... You synthesize Eastern wisdom with Western practicality. Now, I'm sure all of us can wrap our head around Eastern wisdom. How do you infuse Western practicality in this? I'll use a, a simple understanding. Imagine we've got an ascending line and a descending line of energy within our being. Okay. Some of us are more oriented towards the ascending line, which means we're more ephemeral. We're able to feel subtle dimensions. We get downloads, divine downloads. We're more metaphysically oriented. We're, we're able to, some people are more able to feel auras and energies and subtle dimensions and get all these. In. So that's people more aligned or if you will, identified with the ascending line. Mm -hmm. moving towards the heaven from the earth towards the heavenly subtle dimensions okay <clears throat> from from if you will gross heavy 
to subtle to causal non-dual dimensions where we're just in unity states of consciousness okay. now there's another line within us the descending line and some of us are more strong in that meaning that we're able to get shit done on the planet we're able to deal with the hard stuff of life we're able to deal with paying bills mortgages details we're able to uh, make things happen make things creative we're able to build uh, we're down to earth more earthy so those of us who are more that way are descending i believe it's really valuable for us nowadays to cultivate both so if we're really descending in nature right down earth and all that, then it'd be very powerful to start learning meditation read books that are about higher realms of experience experience spiritual dimensions experience plant medicine ceremonies do the things that expand the the upward arising dimension just so you become more balanced and more whole mm -hmm. the same holds true for us those of us who have a very ascending line if you're really good at that well then you got to learn how to get in got to learn how to exercise got to learn how to ground got to learn to take a look at the stuff of life bills money earning saving spending investing relationships and not spiritually bypass that but deal with that in a wholesome way mm -hmm. we could be spiritually bypassing we could be earthly bypassing we could be bypassing either way mm -hmm. i believe the the wisdom of the warrior the power the, the power of the warrior and the wisdom of the sage is learning to mature our ascending line while we're grounding in our descending line so we become a complete harmonious being mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and interestingly with me hosting this podcast, I've actually, it's been an opportunity for me to massively grow in my ascension. Um, I've, I've been, you know, heavily grounded and I've had all that taken care of. And it's, it's, it's been awesome for me to grow and, and deepen my spirituality and raise my frequency. And so um, I'm totally hearing you there, brother. That's, that's awesome. So, so yeah, and, that, and that's wisdom because if you're really ascending, work on this a little bit more. If you're really good at down here, work on going up a little bit more. And there's no arrival. There's never any arrival. Every day, you know, right now, this is very grounding. We're talking as men. We're sharing about the earth. We're very grounded. Mm -hmm. Later tonight, I might do something else. Mm -hmm. But the idea is to play the spectrum. Don't have, even though you might have propensities for ascending or descending, ascending, I'm saying the wisdom of the East, ascending into the higher dimensions. Mm -hmm. Western practicality means taking care of everything down here on earth, making it real, making it grounded and, and, and having your gifts come into reality together. It's a knockout combo. That's powerful, man. And, um, you know, I, you were on a special video series called the abundant code on the Gaia channel. And, um, you know, if listeners want to check that out, you can see it on Amazon Prime. Um, and you spoke alongside the likes of, you know, John Asaraf, Dr. John Diamartini, Jeff Walker, Bill O'Hanlon, um, Julianne Cairns, and um, just to name a few. And on the Abundance Code, you mentioned saying that some people say to you and some people mention that you can't have it all. You can't have like relationships, finances, health, fitness, spirituality. Um, but you come from a different perspective because you're like, well, wait up. I want to be an exception to that rule. And I believe <laughs> I can have it all. Bullshit. You can have it all. Of course you can have it all. We are creators. And all we have to choose is the willingness to have it all, but not from our ego. 
You see, from our ego, it desires to fill voids within us that never got nurtured when we were younger. So part of our dendrites, if we didn't get enough attention and love and appreciation for our uniqueness as a youngster growing up, we're going to be seeking it from teenagers, work, roles, gurus, teachers, mentors, religious icons, political leaders. We're going to be looking for that, but you can't, none of that can fill it. And, and, and your parents can't fill it because those years are way past. So what do you do? Rather than trying to fill that hole neurotically through drugs, food, porno, um, rag mags, gossip, uh, uh, all the external shit that's trying to grab our attention. Mm -hmm. If I didn't get enough love and attention, guess what my role is as a warrior sage? Is to be a conduit to see a person like you, Bryce, and to recognize, my goodness, look at, look at, and, and to appreciate you for what you're doing. Because I do. You're, you're helping the world illuminate through bringing and sharing and asking these powerful questions. Every one of the listeners is growing in consciousness. So what we didn't get enough of, stop neurotically trying to fill it. Become the vessel that offers that into the world. And that's how we'll find true fulfillment. Not from filling the void, but seeing the void in us, the unfulfilled shit as a cornucopia of which to gift from. And we, so we have to stop and get honest with ourselves to actually even find what that is in the first place. Yeah. 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 Wow. So you and your beautiful wife, Suzanne, I think you guys have been together for about like 28 years. Is that right? Uh, uh, 33 years now. Oh, wow. 33 years, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you, you guys teach singles and couples the art of creating passionate, juicy intimacy and, you know, intimacy that lasts a lifetime through your Ignite Passion Now virtual experience. And as I best believe, like as of 2012, the divorce rate has been steadily rising by about 1% each year. And I think we're somewhere around about like 50 or 51% of like divorce rates, which to me is, is freaking insane. It's like blows my mind that like half the people in the world um, are actually getting divorced. Like that's, that's got to be massive impact to that, to all of the, the children and, and everybody involved in everything. There's obviously passion being lost somewhere here. So um, on the flip side of this, I know that you and Suzanne are committed to, um, to fixing that and, and knocking a dent in that uh, divorce rate. Um, but like, what's missing? Where, what, where's the passion being lost? You know, in our philosophy, passion equals polarity. And polarity is when both your polarity is magnifying the masculine and feminine energies within us so that we become attractive and enlivening and magnetic to our lovers. So if my masculine pole is flat, I'm dead, I don't have a life purpose, I don't believe in myself, I'm complaining about life, that I'm not gonna be so attractive. If my presence is all over the place, I'm distracted. If I don't claim anything in life, I don't stand for anything. If I'm not penetrating life with a purpose, then guess what? I'm not gonna be so attractive to my partner. So passion equals polarity. So to reinvoke that polarity, I as myself, as a masculine oriented individual, I'm gonna be working on cultivating my presence with my lover with my wife is to feel her, to be really there. Not when I'm 
when I'm finished work, I come and I'm all over the place. I give myself time, space to recalibrate, to get rid of the stress of the day so I can offer my loving presence. And then I also reinvigorate myself with that question. What must I do to live, love, and die complete without regret? That helps me dial into my claim. What do I claim in life? I stand for. What do I believe in? What are my values, my virtues? By standing in my claim, that also invigorates the masculine energy, which makes me much more sexy and attractive to my wife. Presence, claim, and penetration. If I'm full of ideas in my mind, hey, this again, I have this idea, but I don't bring it into reality, it's not attractive to my lady. She'd rather see me have one idea, bring it into reality, and go, wow, you, 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 you made that happen. It's very exciting and sexy. So presence, claim, penetration is what us as masculine people need to do to invigorate our masculine pull. That creates an arc of attraction, an arc of joy, an arc of trust. Now, the feminine side, what can she do to awaken her feminine energy? Well, she needs, she can focus on becoming more inviting, not just inviting to me, but inviting life. If you're not inviting and you're complaining and you're pushing life away and you're resisting, and then that's not attractive. But if you're inviting, your body is flowing. You've done inner work to move the body energy. You're inviting with your eyes, your heart, your demeanor. You're inviting flow from the universe. It's very sexy and attractive to those who are in the masculine. In surrender is also very sexy and inviting. If you're always in charge, pushing, what do you want to do for dinner? No, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. It's not attractive. Partners need to know when one needs to be more directional and one needs to surrender. It's not male or female oriented, it's artful play. So invitation, surrendering the tight grip of control and allowing joy and love and spirit to move us is very sexy. Invitation, surrender, and expression. When the feminine is fully expressing her pain, her sorrow, and her joy, her pleasure, her ecstasies, it's so invigorating to us masculine people. So how do we wrap this up? We've got to wrap up our us masculine people, presence, claim, and penetration. When we do, we'll be emanating freedom. Us, and then we also have to magnify our feminine energy, invitation, surrender, and expression. When that happens, there's flow, deep flow state. Now, bam, incredible attraction happens. And that's a lifetime skill. There's no one thing you can do. But it's a way of being where, hey, honey, I'm going to give you my masculine energy as a gift. Suzanne reciprocates, honey, I'm giving you my feminine energy as a gift. When we give it to each other as a gift in devotion, the essence of a long-term marriage is devotion to each other's deepest gifts. Devotion to your partner's enlightenment. Suzanne is not only devoted to me, she's devoted to my purpose. And that's what I get really turned on by. And I believe we can really, when we say, wow, my beloved, my lover, wow, not only is she gorgeous, what's her gift in the world? How can I be of service to her evolution? When she feels that I'm doing that to my partner, oh my God, it's like magic happened. Devotion awakens. Polarity excites.
And so do so by getting our polarity down, do you feel like the devotion part actually like amplifies in us and becomes more, um, more pronounced? Yes. Yeah. And it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. Oh. And look, sooner or later, you're not going to have the same type of bodily passion when we're seventies, eighties, who knows nineties, right? God willing, we get that those years. Mm-hmm. We're not going to rely on sexual energy as much. It's going to be passion of the heart, passion of connection, passion of soul to soul unity. Yeah. And when you're talking about masculinity and femininity, you're not necessarily talking about male, female, because some, some males can be more feminine energy and, you know, less masculine vice versa and whatnot. It's just more just tapping into that, knowing where you're more polarized to and, and amplifying that. Look, we all nowadays have to learn to awaken and nourish and heal the full spectrum of masculine energy and feminine energy within us. Men or women, regardless of sexual orientation, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you're cisgender, gay, bi, straight, LGBT, plus, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Within us, we have the Shiva energy mm-hmm. and the Shakti energy, as the yogis say. Shakti is the life force of creation. Shiva is the witness, divine awareness within us. So ultimately, esoteric tantra or the art of making love with reality is recognizing that Shiva and Shakti, masculine, feminine, light and consciousness is within all things. And rather than fight about it, love it, play with it, find artistic ways to evoke it. Because it's all within us, all of it. And you have to be committed to this. I mean, to be truly successful in this, you have to be like fully committed to it. It's not something you can dip your toes in the water. It's like it's like an all-life commitment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and shouldn't marriage be that? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're making the choice, aren't we? So, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm a big believer of the law of reciprocity. Um, we must uh, give to receive. We must receive to give. And, and I know you're big on the balance between being a mentor um, and also being a mentee as well. Yes. So I'm curious, um, who's been a few of your most inspiring you know, mentors that have had such a big impact on your wow. life? Wow. Oh, wow. Whoa. I am so blessed, brother. I have been blessed by the grace of the divine to have so many I could share about. One close to my heart right now was recently passed on into the other realm. Benito Segura was my uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu teacher. Mm-hmm. My Brazilian jiu-jitsu master, Marcus Soares, is not only the jiu-jitsu, but his way of being, his family energy his willingness to be there for all his students as a father, as a grandfather. My teacher, Anjali Hill, from 30 years ago, our first spiritual and relationship guide and still mentor to Suzanne and I. Um, Her grace of wisdom and and joy and the way she can just melt uh, tensions. David Data, um, well-known tantric master who taught Suzanne and I much about these realms of masculine, feminine, sexual dynamics. Um, those are some that stand out for me in my heart right now. That's, that's powerful, man. I, I totally heard you light up when you were talking about them too. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. So, um, so 
here at Freedom Hack Radio, you know, we're all about opening up new possibilities to listeners about having balance in financial health, uh, uh, relationships spiritually, spirituality and having fun, um, all in the aim of the ultimate freedom and fulfillment. So what's one piece of advice that you would want to share with our listeners that you think would be the most biggest takeaway that they could take away from this today? In which, in which particular, in any particular area? Holistically looking at like looking at the topic of how do we achieving ultimate freedom and balance in life? That's a great question. First of all, for many years, I really went for peak performance as the ultimate. Okay. And what I realized was I, and I started performing really well as I went on that journey of, of up leveling my performance and everything. Right. But then even if I've got a Lamborghini, no matter how much I push the gas, the amazing architecture of the car, it can only go so far. Like right now I've got, uh, you know, we've got our Honda minivan, okay, family van. No matter how souped up I make it, it's not going to run like a Lamborghini. No matter how much things I can do to pressurize it, to peak perform it, it's never going to be performing like that. But it can have its peak existence. Okay. So for me, the next evolution is to go from peak performance to peak existence. And this takes back the ancient wisdom of the sages, which said to cultivate equilibrium. So for me, what I cultivate is this. To have equilibrium in my being, I cultivate, cultivate having strong, I call them the freedoms. From my, One of my mentors, Kevin Nations, taught me this. The freedoms, faith in self, spirit, and life. Faith, family, making, cultivating good, strong bonds with my family and healing what needs to be healed. Faith, family, finance, not just earning, but earning, saving, spending, investing in a wise way, not from your ego, but for the sake of the whole. Faith, family, fitness, taking care of the body temple so you're vital. And then fun, faith, family, finance, fitness, and fun. Making sure that you're breathing joy in life. You're not postponing joy later when you've done some amount of number in your bank account or you've achieved this goal, fun today. And I believe these freedoms are like strands of a thick rope. Mm -hmm. You have to make them all together so that the rope is strong. If my faith is weak and I put pressure on the rope, it'll break. If my family dynamics are, are weak and I'm not putting attention on them, I might be doing great financially, but that could break. So for me, that visual of faith, family, finance, freedom as being parts of a strong rope has, has served me very well. And I offer that to everyone um, to take into their space and see where within my holistic strength could I use it so my rope is stronger. That's, that's awesome. And, and on the flip side of the coin, when someone's expanding their faith, they're also expanding their finances and expanding their other areas too, aren't they? One feeds the other, feeds the other, feeds the other. Nothing is independent. Hmm. After a while, you realize there is no separate pieces of life. There's only life. <laughs> hmm. We, with our minds, compartmentalize. But in actuality, there's no compartments. It's like lines on a, uh, in a map. There's no real lines on the when you see an Earth map, right? Those are artificial lines we put over it. Mm -hmm. In the same way, there's only one life. We have to live it well. Beautiful, beautiful. 
So I'm pretty curious, mate. Uh, what's the most exciting thing that you're working on in 2020? <laughs> uh, well, it's exciting, relevant, and needed. And um, I'm part of a couple of different organizations. One's called Undercurrent, where we're working on revolutionizing, rescripting capitalism. So it's good for the whole. And that's a very, very valuable piece. I feel that I believe capitalism has to go through a whole new transformation of spirit. Mm -hmm. So that's a very powerful piece. And I'm also chairman of New Gaia Green Tech, which is um, an organization. We've got an amazing team of people that create buildings, retrofit buildings, residential, commercial, industrial, that are totally uh, regenerative, good for the world, good for everybody. So those are some of the projects that I'm focused on. There's, of course, our Accelerated Evolution Academy, which is where we train our healers, professional guides, human potential facilitators. We train them in cutting-edge psycho-spiritual methods. So I feel quite excited about all these different missions because on the big level, I truly believe that once we shift consciousness within, then the external architectures will reflect the deepening of our being. We can't, we can't change the outside until the depth of us is willing to recreate from anew. And, and what a beautiful existence it will be to live in that environment um, when we reach that. Uh, that's that's just beautiful mate i can't thank you enough you know i really appreciate your time again like every time i'm connecting with you brother it's always just an amazing conversation you're always lifting me up and um, i can't thank you enough and i know that takes a lot of energy and so i really appreciate you you know spending that energy it's it's thank you very much thank you bryce all my love and gratitude everyone listening all my love and gratitude and if you want to check out what we're doing go to warriorsage.com you can come be part of our community as well. And we've got some really cool downloadable trainings on abundance, on relationship, on, on enlightened power. So all of that's available for all of you, okay? And for all of you listeners, uh, we're going to have all of the links in the show notes. Um, so you can basically click on the links and go from there. So again, Satyan, thank you very much, brother. Uh, thank you all listeners for tuning in today. Uh, you know, if you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and leave a comment. You know, your feedback really matters to us. Uh, we get to the opportunity to be able to create this podcast and evolve it to suit your needs. So the more feedback we get, the better. And if you're listening on your Facebook, favorite podcast platform like iTunes, make sure to leave a review. The more we get the word out there, the more people we can touch, the more of you that can live free. So once again, thank you all very much. I'm your host, Bryce Robertson. And until next week, live large and live free.